0: Welcome to the Providence Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by David Leach. If you'd like to stay connected, download our app Providence Community
1: from your phone's app store or visit our website at providencecommunity.org.
0: Man, I love this house. I've always wanted to visit this place and so many of the musicians that play here we steal them from time to time, and we're really short, huh, Phil? Phil's really generous, and uh, man, if I wasn't at Life Center, I think I'd be at this church just hanging out and attending, and come on, can't you feel the love of God when you walk through these doors? Come on. I just felt it right away this morning, and um, just introduce myself again. My name is David. I'm the worship director, creative director at Life Center. Has anybody been to Life Center before? Wave at me. Come on. I thought I saw familiar faces over here. It's good to see you guys again. And um, I'm married to a beautiful woman. Her name is Johanna. And uh, we're coming up in two weeks here. We've been married for nine years, which is awesome. And, uh, yeah, that's cool. All the, like, marriage veterans are like, whatever, that's not even. (laughs) Um, And we have two little beautiful girls named Harper and Juliet. They're three and one, and if you follow me on Instagram or social media, you won't see anything about my music. You will just see picture after picture after picture of me and my kids. I'm that guy. I used to unfollow people like that, so anyways, yeah. If you wouldn't mind, would you turn with me to Jeremiah 29 verse 13? If you have a Bible, open it up. If you have a device, go ahead, use it. It's all good. If you don't have either of those, I'm sure we'll have it on the screen. Thank you, Lord. Jeremiah 29, verse 13. This is one of my life scriptures, one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. Y'all there? Come on, y'all there? You got to be a little loud this morning. I'm used to, like, being a worship leader. I need that interaction. (laughs) Oh, can we also just thank Noah for playing? Come on. Thanks, buddy. Love you, man. Thanks for creating the vibe. And uh, everything I say will sound much more spiritual with him with me. Jeremiah 29, verse 13 says, if you seek me, you will find me. When you seek me with your whole heart. It's a promise. When we seek him, we find him. I love the message translation. Anybody a message fan in the house? So good. It says, when you come looking for me, I promise that you'll find me. Yes, when you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. It's a promise. Another translation says, I promise that if you seek me, you'll find me. And when you find me, not if you find me, you want to spend your life seeking me. It's really the story of my life and so many of uh, my friends and the community that I come from. So let's pray this morning. Can we bow our heads, close our eyes, come on, grab the hand of the person next to you on your right or left. Squeeze a little extra hard if you love them. If you're single, squeeze twice if you want to go out for lunch later today. (laughs) It's all right. Come on. I met my wife in church. I was 15, I was frowned upon, but it didn't stop me. I fell in love with her. Um, let's pray. Father, we welcome you in this place. God, I thank you for this house. Father, I thank you for Providence Church. God, I thank you that this is a house of hope. God, this is a house of prayer. This is a house of worship. God, I thank you that this is a church without walls. And we just declare over those who have been in this for 12 years or have just recently joined, you haven't seen anything yet. This house is not just a church, it's a movement. And the things that take place here are going to go to the ends of the earth. We just thank you, Father. I declare, I prophesy that. God, I thank you that nobody is here by accident this morning. If you think you are, you're not. You are prayed here. God has a purpose. And a plan for your life. Father, let my words this morning be your words. We don't want to walk out of here without being changed. And Jesus, in your name, I bless the Pittsburgh Steelers. Come on. Any fans of the Pittsburgh Steelers in the house? Jesus, we need you now more than ever. Thank you that prayer changes everything. In Jesus' name, come on, church, can we shout amen? Amen. Yeah. I usually get a bigger response at our church, but I guess this is, where are we? Ravens, Redskins territory? Where are we? Ravens? You guys are having a good year. Who do you guys play today? Okay. guys beat Brady last week. That's always good. So, you know. The power and the importance of having an encounter. That's what I want to speak about this morning. And when I speak about encounter, I mean encountering his presence. Encountering the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit isn't some mystical, methodical, weird, mysterious, theoretical thing. The Holy Spirit is a person. It's God. The creator of the universe. God who longs to meet with us. Longs to love on us. Longs for us to encounter his love. That's what we're talking about. This morning and uh, I kind of felt led as I was preparing last week for this and just kind of felt led of telling my own story. But first I thought I'd tell the story of my first encounter with the Holy Spirit. I was three years old and it was a Sunday morning. And uh, before we were Life Center, so my parents have been with Charles Stock and Ann Stock, the senior pastors, for over 30 years. They've stayed together and ministered together. So when you tell me 12 years, 13 years, man, just stay together, see what God does. It's amazing. Come on. And uh, we were on 13th Street in Harrisburg, which is like one of the worst places to be in Harrisburg is the ghetto. There'd be drive-by shootings. Our pastoral staff, our cars would get stolen every other year or beat with baseball bats. And we're like, we're not giving up. We're going to go for Jesus anyways. And um, it was Sunday morning and worship was just going off. And I was three years old. And, and all of a sudden I tugged on my mom's dress. And, yes, it was a dress. Because back before renewal, we dressed up in church, and uh, we weren't allowed to wear, like, skinny jeans with holes in them and stuff like that. But um, I talked to my mom's dress, and I said, Mom, do you see it? And she said, What, honey, what do you see? I said, There's smoke filling the room. And it was be- before we had really cool smoke machines, if you've ever been to Life Center. and um, She said, Honey, I-, I don't see any smoke. Where's the smoke coming from? And I said, It's coming from the instruments. It's coming from the drums. It's coming from the guitars. It's coming from the keys. It's coming from the sax, because we had saxophones back then. Come on, anybody else remember that in church? We should bring that back. Come on, Phil. Where you at? (laughs) And uh, it was really just the Holy Spirit. I was seeing the anointing. I was seeing the glory of God. And I don't really remember this at all, but my parents never let me forget it. And, And so this encounter kind of marked my life and they would remind me of this story and I just fell in love with music and I fell in love with worship and had to learn to play every instrument in church cuz we didn't have any musicians back then like we do now and even learned how to play the sax a little bit I was first chair saxophone in middle school and um but there was only one sax player so there's only one chair so but uh and I just fell in love with music I fell in love with worship I started writing songs I was in A couple bands in high school, and I actually remember Devoted Molded, the Evan Anthem, which are two bands back in the day that Phil was in. We actually knew each other before we actually knew that we knew each other. And um, actually, my first connection with Nathan Herndon is I bought one of my dream guitars for him. He made my Christmas gift come true. It was awesome. A couple years ago, my wife secretly purchased this guitar from Nathan and gave me an amazing deal. But So I fell in love with music and then fast forward, I I got recruited for soccer in college. I went to a school called Carnegie Mellon out in Pittsburgh and I put this whole music thing on the shelf, this whole worship thing, I called it this worship thing on the shelf and really I walked away from the Lord and I got into a group of guys that just wanted to play hard and party hard and work hard and I became really interested in having a successful career I was I don't know what I'm talking about I was 21 years old so you're so young and but all I began to care about was having a great career and I didn't want God to waste my life in some local church I actually said that to my college roommate I just want to tell you something that's one of the greatest places you could ever waste your life come on if you're on the fence about serving here and volunteering here just roll up your sleeves go all out and God will bless your life you'll find out who you are it's amazing so I didn't want him to waste my life. I decided to have a degree in marketing and chase after this career in music business. And I actually had some favor, but I wasn't letting God in. I wasn't trusting him with my life. And the summer before my senior year, I ended up getting this amazing opportunity to work for um, a big record label called Epic Records at Sony BMG. Some of you might know this story. but uh, um, And within two weeks, I was working for the president of the entire label, and it was awesome but i was also so empty. We were working hard and partying even harder and i remember we'd party all night ripping these bands on our label and we'd wait till the sun rose and then we just walked to work the next day. Come on, anybody else do that in here before Christ? I know there should be more hands up. Come on. I was just chasing after all the wrong things and but God came after me anyways right in the middle of that summer. That's why I love the story of Nathaniel in the Bible where Jesus says to him, I saw you underneath the fig tree. And I was talking to a friend of mine, his name's Jason Upton. Any Jason Upton fans in the house? So good. And he comes to our church every summer, and we have these like he's a he's a deep theologian. I know he's to some he's just a worship leader, but he's he could live on top of a hill and just talk to God by himself all his life. And he's so deep. And he told me that the fig tree. Represents this. In Hebrew culture, it was actually known that young men around the age of 21 were known to sit under the fig tree in their family's garden and contemplate what God wanted to do with their lives and whether or not they wanted to trust him. It was in the middle of the garden, which represents the secret place, the honesty of their heart. So when Jesus said, Nathaniel, I saw you under the fig tree, he connected right to his heart. Nathaniel had an encounter with God, and he gave everything away to follow Jesus. I can relate to that. Big time, and so about halfway through my work commitment in the summer around July, I just started having these massive encounters with the love of God and it felt like on a surface level I didn't even want them, but deep was crying out to deep and I just kept falling in love with Jesus and falling in love with people and one time I was walking home from from work, I was about to catch the subway and I had a little shuffle iPod. I Remember the shuffle iPod? It's like ancient now. Kids are like, what the heck is that? <laughs> and uh, all of a sudden this worship song came on. I don't remember what it was, but I started to have this encounter with the Lord. I was walking on Madison Avenue in New York City, right in midtown area. I just got so wrecked with the love of God. I began to weep and weep. And then God kind of took it to the next level. And every single person that I passed in the streets... I saw him the way that God loved him. I saw him the way that God saw him, and I was just a mess. I got on the subway around 6 o'clock at night, and around that time in New York, have you ever been on the subway Your your like, face is like, slammed up against somebody else's face, and I'm crying so hard. Somebody tried to give me money. They thought I was like, messed up, and I just said, I don't know, God loves you, and he loves me. I just started proclaiming Jesus, and it just started coming out of me, and then all of a sudden, that encounter would fade, and then a week later, I would have another one, He was just wrecking my life and putting me all back together. And Rich Mullins says that Jesus is kind of like the guy who gives you a bloody nose but then gives you a ride home on his bicycle. And uh, God was just doing that to me. He was just wrecking me over and over. And everything began to change. Nothing else seemed to satisfy all the things I was running after and I remember at the end of the summer, we had this project as, as interns. We had to promote a lot of our new bands on the label and we rented out this massive club and we had to promote it and market it. And I remember that night, it was just this massive success and I was one of the head guys helping and the place was packed, the place was just going off and the music was just going off and it was, it was horrible music. I don't even know what I was thinking, but I remember being up on this balcony and, and looking at the crowd. And all of a sudden I heard this still small voice or I had this random thought. Often that's the Holy Spirit, just so you know if you have that. That's God talking to you. And this voice said, what if everybody was here to worship Jesus instead of here for this label-made band that we created. And I almost had this open vision where the scene changed and everyone was lifting their hands and worshiping God. And it would just wreck me. I remember crying so hard. I put my beer down and just walked out of the club and fell apart behind the club. And So I went back to school for my senior year and I didn't know wh- what to do because I was chasing after this thing. And I was, came home after having this dream internship and so unsatisfied, but so thirsty for God and His presence. This tangible love that I kept feeling. Come on, has anybody else been there before? And I didn't really know what to do. I didn't really know where to place it. So I did the only thing I knew how to do growing up in the church and with my worship background. I pulled my guitar off the wall and I would sit at this crummy little keyboard in this small, apartment in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, that's why I'm a Steeler fan, and uh, I would just begin to play, and i begin to sing, i begin to pray and worship until he would come and fill my apartment with his presence, and he came every time, every time, because he always comes. If you seek me, you find me. And in his presence, through these encounters, my life was completely transformed. It's where I discovered his love for me. I discovered who he really was for myself, even growing up as a pastor's kid. Put all the things I learned growing up in church to the test, and they were truth. I found how much he loved me, how much he loved others, and these accidental choruses and bridges and songs kind of came out of that place I would just be praying and worshiping and this chorus would come out and it was wasn't trying to write a song or anything so I thought this morning it'd be cool to share one of those songs is that okay is that all right come on let's do that Before I do, I just want to read, it's so crazy you read the same scripture at the end of worship that the same out of the same chapter that I want to read, but Psalms 139. And the Passion Translation. Has anybody read the Passion Translation? It's so good. It says, Lord, you know everything there is to know about me. You perceive every moment of my heart and my soul, and you understand my every thought before it enters my mind. You've gone into my future to prepare the way, and in kindness, you follow behind me to spare me from the harm of my past. With your hand of love upon my life, you impart blessing to me. This is just too wonderful, too deep, too incomprehensible. Your understanding of me brings wonder, hope, and strength. Where can I go from your spirit? So, this was a song that came from that time, and we actually just finished it 13 years later. It's going to be on our next recording project, so it's fresh. And, but it's still a song that I go back to probably once a month just with the Lord. And it came out of that time where I'd read stuff like that and just sit down and play. Till his presence would come and sing this with me. songs that I grew up singing in church would kind of start coming up and
1: like, uh, this is the air I breathe, this is the air I breathe. This is my daily bread. Oh, you are Lord. This is my daily.
0: On, can you look at someone next to you? Say amen. Thank you. you guys sound good. <laughs> if you seek me, you find me. If you have a Bible, turn to Genesis chapter 32. I just want to talk about some of my favorite. Encounter stories in the Bible. Could take a closer look. Is this okay? You guys awake? You alive? Come on. This is fun. Genesis 32, verse 24. I love the story of Jacob wrestling with God. It's kind of a weird story, but I love this, man. Y'all there? Verse 24. It says, so Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. In this moment, Jacob wrest- he uh, realizes that this is God, and this is where the source of life comes from. All blessings flow from him. So he says, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked Jacob, what is your name? Jacob, he replied. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and man, and you have overcome. Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask my name? Then God blessed him there. So Jacob called the place, Peniel, saying, It is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. The sun rose above him as he passed through the land, and he was limping because of his hip. Turn to your neighbor and say, he was limping because of his hip. Well, I love that last line. An encounter with the Lord changes the way that we walk. Amen. He transforms us. Not only that, he gives us a new identity. Come on, don't you love the song, I'm no no longer a slave, but I'm a child of God. Come on. He calls us sons and daughters. Jacob became Israel. Some of you might know this, but Jacob meant overthrower, trickster, thief. And he did all those things, fulfilled the meaning of his name, but God renames him Israel, which means wrestles with God. I love there's another translation, triumphant with God. Isn't that good? Victorious with God. All the things that Jacob strived for without God, with God, he calls him Israel. Winner. Victorious. Triumphant with God. Come on, doesn't he do that in our lives? He turns the bad things for good. Our failures. If you go to verse 9 in the next chapter, chapter 33, this is the big Moment where he faces his brother, his enemy, his greatest fear, his obstacle, Esau, the one he stole his birthright from. And he thinks that Esau's going to kill him, so he brings all this blessing to give to him. And in verse 9, Esau says, I already have plenty, my brother. Keep what you have for yourself. Jacob says, No, please. If I have found favor in your eyes, accept this gift from me. For to see your face, is like seeing the face of God. God changes the way that we see others. We see the face of God in people. We see him the way that God sees them. Come on. When was the last time you saw the face of God in your coworker? <laughs> the face of God of somebody outside this place. The face of God in somebody here. He opens our eyes. He opens our heart. Because behind every one of your encounters is an army of people who are desperate for an encounter with the love of God. And God wants to use you. So let's just do this real quick. Put your hands over your eyes. Say, Father, I want to see people the way that you see them. Come on. Father, I want to see people the way that you see them. Open my eyes. Open my heart. In Jesus' name. Come on, can you say amen? One more story here and we'll close in a bit. I have no idea how long I've been speaking. It's like a worship leader thing, so am I good? (laughs) It's fun. Chapter 4 in Exodus, if you go there. I love this. This is where Moses encounters God. This is one of my favorite encounter stories, and it's a little, whoa, thank you, Jesus. It's a little fresh in my mind because my kids love the movie Prince of Egypt. Have any of you ever seen that? It's awesome. It's old, but it's awesome. And uh, I was just watching. I was just, like, weeping. My kids are like, what is wrong with you? And uh, chapter 4, I also love chapter 3 where Moses encounters the burning bush, which is actually representative of the Holy Spirit, drawing them in. I call it his burning bush moment. Come on, how many burning bush moments do we walk past in our lives every single day? These presence-filled moments that he's drawing us closer to tell us something. This intrigued Moses and he decided to follow and meet with God, and in chapter 4, in the beginning, verse 1, it says, Moses says to God, what if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, the Lord did not appear to you? Then the Lord said to him, what is in your hand? A staff, he replied. Verse 17, if you move forward a little bit, he says, Moses, take this staff, and in your hand... Take the staff in your hands so that you can perform my miraculous signs and wonders with it. Many biblical scholars agree that to Moses, the staff actually represented his occupation as a shepherd, which is like one of the worst jobs you could have during that time. It represented his weakness. It represented his running away from the true calling of his life. It represented the fact that he was a murderer Where he once was a prince, now he's just some shepherd out in the wilderness. And maybe where he once held a scepter in his hand or something that represented him being a part of the royal family, he now holds this staff. A daily reminder of his failure. A daily reminder that he's wandering and running away from the Lord, the God-given calling of his life. But what does God say? He says, but take this staff. Pick it up, Moses. And with that staff, you will perform miraculous signs and wonders with it. Isn't that what God does? He takes our weaknesses, our failures, everywhere we go. Amen? Come on. The next verse, it says, then Moses went back to Jethro, his father-in-law, and said to him, let me go back to my own people in Egypt to see if any of them are still alive. Jethro said, go, and I wish you well. From the presence, from this encounter, he was launched into his destiny and his calling. So, would you stand this morning from the front to back, side to side? I feel like closing here, but my question, one of my questions to you this morning is what's in your hands? What's in your hands? What's in your hands that may look like a failure, It may look like a weakness, the things that you're holding back from the Lord? Come on, those are the things that he came for, amen? Those are the things he wants to use to bring his kingdom to earth. And I also feel like praying for anybody in this room, no matter where you are on the spectrum, who needs a fresh encounter with the presence of the Lord. Come on, that's what almost every single one of these songs were about this morning. Even when I see it, even when I don't see it, he's working. Even when I don't feel it, he's working. Come on. If you feel far from the Lord this morning, I want to tell you he's pursuing you with all that he is. There's nothing that can separate you from the love of the Father, amen. No matter where you are, no matter what you've done, That's why I love Nathan's message a couple weeks ago on the prodigals. Come on, I was one of those guys. God came after me right in the middle of me running away. It wasn't even running after him at all. So if that's you this morning, he's coming after you. If you're pursuing the Lord with all you are but you feel kind of dry and thirsty and you're just desperate for another touch, of his love, a fresh encounter. We want to pray for you too. The ministry team can come and get behind me. And, and I also felt led this morning just to go after healing. Come on. I know that this house believes that in this presence, anything can happen. There's nothing impossible for God. Healing, breakthrough. If you're believing and holding on to a promise and you feel like you're in a season where all you've done is believe and hold on and sow seeds, but you haven't seen The breakthrough come to pass. The promise come to pass. We want to pray for you this morning. Amen. Amen. So let's do this. Grab the hand of the person next to you again on your right and your left. And let's hold each other's hands high. Is that all right? Come on. Jesus, we love you. Father, we thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for what you've done this morning and what you're about to do, I thank you for preparing a place, preparing today, preparing for this moment. Father, in the name of Jesus, we say have your way. Holy Spirit, have your way. Right now, I pray that you would come with a gift of faith. God, I thank you that faith is a gift. God, I pray that as I shared my testimony this morning, as we sang these songs, that faith walked into the room. God, fill us with your faith. Pour out with your faith this morning, with your hope, with your Holy Spirit-enabled power to believe where situations seem impossible. Come right now. Overwhelm us with your love. Overwhelm us with your goodness. Overwhelm us with the fresh revelation of the Father. I lift up every heart. Those who feel far from you, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, the sound of my voice, let your presence come and overwhelm their hearts with your love. Open the eyes of their hearts to see who you really are. Come. For anybody who needs a fresh encounter, a fresh touch, a fresh baptism in your Holy Spirit, if that's you this morning, Jesus, we say, have your way. Come with fire. Come like a river. Come like a flood. Fill us to overflowing that we can't take anymore. God, that we would walk out of this place being changed. That we would go to sleep tonight with a fresh revelation of who you really are. We'd wake up tomorrow morning with a fresh revelation of who you are. Every single person that we come in contact with would have a fresh revelation of who you are, Jesus. That we would spill out in our workplaces. We'd spill out in our schools. We'd spill out in our jobs. In the day-to-day. And let's do this, church. If you're in the need of, if you're in need of any physical healing in this place, cancer, I just kept feeling that God's going to heal severe, severe back pain in this place this morning. Come on, I know this is a stretch and this might be new. But this is a house that believes in the power of his presence, that God is a God that still heals today. If you're in need of any physical healing in this place, I just want you to lift both of your hands as high as you can. If you're around anybody with their hands raised, I just want you to gently put your hand on them. Come on, if you're comfortable, church. In the name of Jesus, we say, be healed By your stripes, we are healed. God, I pray that everything and every single body would come into alignment the way that you created us. We command cancer to disappear in this place, tumors to disappear in this place. Impossible situations. There's nothing impossible for our God. God, I ask that back pain would disappear in this place. God, that you would open ears, that you would open eyes. We command anxiety to disappear in this place from traumatic circumstances and situations. Leave in the name of Jesus. Let your freedom come. Let heaven come this morning. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this message. We pray that this word will bring light to dark places life to dead places, hope to desperate places, and heaven
1: to earthly places.